Hi everyone, I'm Petrus and welcome to Worldview. Worldview is a podcast where we explore everyone's perspectives on all things that can broaden our worldview. If you've watched our content so far and liked it, please consider liking this video, subscribing and turning on Patreon. Today we're talking with Tulula Rendal. Tulula is a creative facilitator who teaches Qigong and sound meditations to empower people to connect to their creative expression so they can lead happier, healthier and more embodied lives. She's also a world-renowned singer-songwriter who has written, produced and toured five albums. Tulula, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. Uh, I've seen you've recently released um, a new album uh, called Gold. We'll definitely talk a bit more about that later, but I want to talk about your technical expertise in the, in the area of sound therapy. This is something that, at least in my experience, is actually quite underrated and a lot of people don't know what it really is about. Could you just briefly give us an explanation of what sound therapy is and how you practice it? Mm, yeah, sure. Thank you. So sound therapy, basically in the way, in the context that I use it, so it's based in somatic practice, somatic therapy. So we're helping people to relax their nervous systems. And through relaxing the nervous systems, we become, can become more present with what's really going on in the body. And that can lead to integration. So in the context of using the singing bowls and the gong, for instance, I would guide people into a meditation where they would become more settled into their body. And then from that place, I'd bring them up into their hearts, encourage them to relax into that space. And then using the bowls, we go on a journey that really helps to process unprocessed trauma, basically. And the actual bowls themselves, combined with the setup of the meditation, helps to take people down from their sympathetic nervous system, which is that kind of, you know, where we are right now, which is our kind of buzzy day to day, down into the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's where the integration can happen, basically. Mm -hmm. And is, is, is it fair to say that it's also very much a way to deal with anxiety is like trying to get away from that and trying to focus on really what the core problems are and dealing with that through this type of therapy? Yeah, totally. 100%. And I really feel like it's the combination of the practitioner and the method and the sounds that facilitates that. So if you if you're feeling really anxious or depressed or there's something that's going on in your life that you haven't processed and you go into a session with somebody who can really hold you in that field of loving kindness, make you feel really, really safe and from that place guide you into a process using meditation and using sound to really help you move through that anxiety then it can be really, really powerful. But I mean, the way, what I really love about it is, is the combination of the way that I facilitate is also using Qigong. Mm. And so anyone that comes to work with me, they will finish a session and then they'll be given really clear, clear tools that they can use moving forward to help further integrate the journey that we've had, but also to really empower them how to look after themselves on a day-to-day -day basis. So the more that you can actually self-care through meditation or through a practice, whether that's yoga or maybe it's gardening or maybe it's for you cooking mindfully, is just all ways that helps to nourish um, and resource. Yeah, and, and I, I love the fact that sound is used because it really is such a natural language in a way that doesn't really matter how much background you have or training you have, there's something that resonates within every person when, when sound therapy is used. Could you give us a bit more of an explanation of exactly what the Qigong is and how you use it, perhaps even a demonstration? So Qigong is, like, the best way to put it, is a movement meditation. So acupuncture or shiatsu, um, Chinese herbs are all based really 
they were, you know, Qigong is really at the root of all of those. So Qigong follows the meridians. It's a way of, it's a combination of, sort of breathing exercises. So if I was standing up and I would be, you know, you see people in the park doing Tai Chi very, very slowly. For example, Tai Chi is just is a form of Qigong. And it's just a way of you do different movements to help nourish different parts of the body, to help move the energy through the meridian system, to help basically reorganize the energy of the body so that you could, you know, in Qigong, we talk about the central channel, which is this thread between heaven and earth. And we, we're doing various different exercises to reorganize ourselves into this channel. And the more we're kind of in here the more grounded we are the more our hearts open the more that we kind of move through life from a from a kind of a, from a place that leads us to make better decisions in a way you know if you're really kind of grounded and centered you'll kind of maybe like maybe not reach for that chocolate bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, rather than yeah. like if you're really super triggered and feeling like you you know you're a bit anxious it's like oh what am I going to do oh, I might just have that chocolate bar or that cup of coffee or, you know rather than actually thinking maybe that's not the thing that's going to actually really nourish me in the long term yeah and specifically how did you come by this form of therapy I mean it's it's, it's quite a specific form of therapy in 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 Qigong specifically um did you did you learn it from a musical perspective because I know you're a singer songwriter or did it come more from a a mental health perspective that you that you explored this for me it came from a mental health perspective so I I spent you know 15 years as a touring musician I toured all the way all around the world and I just totally burnt out, basically. And when I got back to England, I was really clear that I knew that I needed to change my lifestyle. And what came across my path was a Qigong teacher. And he taught me various different exercises, which I felt so empowering because I could do them on my own. And I felt such a tangible shift in my body and in my physicality and my energy levels. And then that deepened into me learning about nutrition and from there i decided that i really wanted to just immerse myself in this practice because it was having such a radical shift on my own life so i trained as a t um i did a teacher training and but not because i actually wanted to teach qigong i just wanted to learn more and more about it and then i went to work for an acupuncture clinic helping them set that up and so i just became really immersed in that world for a really long time and then part of my teacher training I had to had to teach and I was really, really resistant to that until the point where my teacher said, well, you know, you're such a sound being, why don't you integrate sound into your Qigong practices? And that for me just opened a total doorway and I began bringing sound into the movements and that just led to me birthing this thing called awaken and nourish your voice so i started running workshops supporting people who had a lot of anxiety around speaking or singing and that cultivated into this these singing workshops and these singing retreats and that led to me doing a a training in sound therapy and so it was just like this very slow process over you know 10 years but the the radical difference for me has been that i was very anxious. Um, I had a really um, depleted immune system. I didn't have it's not a complete immune deficiency disorder, but I had a compromised immune system. So I was constantly on antibiotics. And the combination of these practices, plus, a, you know, really committed seated meditation has totally transformed that for me. So 
I, yes, I still get anxious, but I don't get the panic attacks. I haven't been on antibiotics for years. So I would completely attribute that to the combination of these practices that has changed my nervous system and my body's response to stress. So it's not that I don't have unprocessed trauma. I still have stuff that I work on, but my nervous system is just generally much, much more resilient. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's a lifestyle. It's like all the different yeah. elements that combines yeah. that you learned and work through in your life. Yeah, um, for sure. I want to I want to focus on another perspective because you you mentioned something like um, something where if you know you have anxiety a lot of people like cope with that by you know going for that chocolate bar or you know going for that cup of coffee to get their energy it's yeah. it, it really is a scenario where a lot of people that have the time um, and, and the willpower and, and the self control to get a different lifestyle that's a lot healthier they lead a more I want to say slow paced life that's more constructive and more sustainable but mm -hmm. other people turn perhaps to um, supplements and mm -hmm. this is the one I I want to talk about specifically in your perspective what do you, what do you think about um the the methods of medication uh, connected to relaxation uh, and, and drugs specifically so say for example some people act, um, advocate that um, marijuana or lsd is a method of relaxing the soul how does this compare with a more uh, lifestyle change uh, in comparison to a supplement used to to try and achieve the same thing so i would say um from my experience, I've, um, I've witnessed a lot of people who have gone down the plant medicine route, mm. who don't have, and when I say plant medicine, I'd be talking about ayahuasca or microdosing, um, who don't necessarily have a practice. And when I say practice, a meditation practice or a yoga practice or a qigong practice, they don't have something that they're working on on a daily basis to really center their mind. And what I witness is people going off and doing ceremony after ceremony, but they're not actually really integrating or shifting because on a day to day basis, they don't have that practice to come back to. Now, the people that I know who have done, who've worked with plant medicines, who've worked with microdosing and have a very committed daily practice, I've witnessed them have radical shifts in their lives. And I've done microdosing with psilocybin and, um, I found it in conjunction with my practices, really powerful um, in helping to work through things. So I think, you know, and, and also I, I work with Rose, which is, a, you know, I work with a herbalist and we run various different workshops and retreats. Um, working with Rose in conjunction with sound therapy and Qigong, and it's a, just a really powerful, powerful heart opener and tool to help integration. And, and it really helps to process grief. So I'm, you know, I'm an advocate of, you know, you, you use the word supplements. Um, I'm an advocate of plant medicine mm. in conjunction with the practice. Mm. And I would really encourage anyone that's going down that supplement plant medicine route to have a practice in it. and without it I just watch people just it's just like a loop you yeah. know yeah 
No, so, so that's, that's, that's the important thing I want to uh, you know, point out is that there's actually no supplement for the combination of the two. There's, there's no, there's, yeah. You have to work together. You have to use plant medicine in conjunction with a, a lifestyle and meditative change because the perspective that I've had was that a lot of people think that plant medicine alone will help them while they continue to go on the same you know, high energy level of yeah. living and anxiety and stress. And it's just it doesn't work and it sometimes even compounds the problem. Or is that not, is that not their experience? I think compounding it, maybe it could just re-trigger it, I don't know. Um, but what I would say is that in regards to the lifestyle choice, I can I know that from when I was having regular acupuncture and I was having um, endless chest infections, it was like back, like one after the other. And I remember my acupuncturist saying like, every time you come in here, we're just patching you up. It's not until you change your lifestyle, stop pushing yourself to that limit that your body will actually stop getting so sick. So it actually, you know, the in this in this instance, it was acupuncture and herbs that was enabling me to keep going. But it wasn't until I took the pressure off and actually looked into what was driving that that push, pushing myself so hard that led to a lifestyle change mm. and you know during covid the f like wow for me personally suddenly like the brakes were just on like yeah. just suddenly it was just like tumbleweed and i spent my life even as a practitioner as a facilitator traveling around the world you know i'd kind of very cleverly just changed my musician's touring lifestyle to a facilitator touring lifestyle but i was on some level still pushing myself at that level and it wasn't until this last year where it all went that i actually had to sit with the next layer of stuff that i'd been so cunningly avoiding by being a facilitator yeah, and I'm not saying that 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 all that's completely integrated. I'm still, you know, there's still stuff there, yeah. but uh, we can do a really good job of um, avoiding our shadow or convincing ourselves that you know that that's okay, you know. Exactly. And I, I think it's a constant evolutionary process. It's mm. a constant kind of you know you change your lifestyle and then you just still have to like you still have to have those marker checks, mm. you know. Mm keeping yourself online. I want yeah. to say, I want to talk about your latest video called Gold. Could you tell us the story about it, how it came about? Yeah, thank you. So uh, in Christmas this year, I just, the desire, you know, the, the desire to connect musically with people just came so strongly. Like I, I really, really missed that part of my life. I play with an amazing harp player and I play with a wonderful double bass and cellist and was really really missing that and um i the liminal which is this is my fourth album and um all my albums are released with a cd and a book and a cd book and a download code and there's a piece of artwork for each of the songs and it tells the stories and there's the lyrics and stuff and this this album was a weaving together of my sound therapy world and like my normal songwriting world so i just started rather than using synths i sampled the singing bowls and the gongs and that was the kind of tapestry that the of the the album basically the soundscape of the album 
Anyway, so it got to December and I just felt like I really wanted this, I felt like this album needed to go further out into the world and I really wanted to connect with people. And so I put this message on all my social media platforms just saying, if you wanna get involved, I'm gonna release this single called Gold from The Liminal and send me a video, send me a video, just do whatever you wanna do in response to listening to this track. And what happened was 108 videos from all around the world, people in full fancy dress, people tobogganing, their kids, their dogs, their cats. And it was this incredible, incredible experience of bringing people together from all these different continents, all different lifestyles, all different genders, nationalities, ethnicities, and creating something that felt like a really positive beacon of positive of hope and connection at a time of being so separate and isolated and there were quite a few people who really wanted to be involved but were really resistant and it was just you know it was just too much they were too in they were too inward to the thought of actually kind of doing something that was going to be so visible and what was incredible is i'd say I definitely know five of those people who over the course of six weeks kind of just went through this process and suddenly were like one day just sent me the video and were like, I just really wanted to be a part of it and here it is. And it was those five videos or however many it was that were so incredible. There was something so special about those those videos. They really like something really came through in what they were sharing and how they presented themselves or whatever it was they were doing. And it became just something that was so much bigger than the little idea that I thought it was going to be. It brought so much healing, not only to myself, because I was suddenly in connection with so many people. And it's, you know, I, I've, I've released a lot of music and this is the only album that I actually really enjoy listening to. Mm. And I was listening to that track every day and editing the footage and it brought me so much joy and, and healing. And then this whole community that has grown as a consequence. So yeah, it's been an amazing project and we've, it's still going, it's called Bright Sky Gold online and there are still people making videos and sending them in. And it's the invitation was just to keep on going with it. You know, if you feel inspired, then get creative, you know, just tap into that, that childish part of you that just wants to dress up or run around in the garden or have a dance or whatever it is. So yeah, that's the story behind that. It's amazing because I've I've seen I watched your video it's it's very inspiring but at the yeah. same time I also watched a couple of other ones where people had a similar idea where they also got a, a couple of people to do something incredibly simple but just get the get people to collaborate on a virtual yeah. platform or digitally and all of those have become so popular because I think people were just absolutely starved they were starved for this type of interaction uh, especially in the various scenarios across the whole world in which they found themselves mm. uh, you know various types of lockdown or, or regulations that were applied so no I think that's that's such a powerful message and, and, and such a creative environment way uh, in which people are connected. I, I want to talk about specifically the differences because you've mentioned now that you 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 really enjoyed listening to this album and mm -hmm. you've produced uh, you know a couple of albums before this uh, as a singer songwriter primarily but what were the differences between the music which you created in those albums and the music which you created for this one? Did, did you apply your expertise in singing uh, so in songwriting differently? Was it was changed or did you just combine the two um, you know, aspects of your life. So the biggest shift has been, and it's really interesting to reflect upon this because 
the each album is such a a direct mirror to my personal journey and my personal journey back to myself so when i listen to earlier albums sometimes i'm like what is she on about <laughs> i'm so like out of my i'm so like everything's so metaphorical and it's so kind of and this one lyrically for me it's much more embodied it's there's like i can really feel the shift for me it's like it's, it's like a different a different human being writing these songs um so that's one level it's like a real reflection of the work that i've done the integration work that i've done through the qigong and through the sound practices and through becoming a facilitator and a therapist so that's really clear you know if i was to present you with two albums and i'd say to you which is the one that i made after 10 years later and which was the one i made before i think you'd be pretty clear for you to go okay that kind of pretty rock and rolly kind of <laughs> psychedelic album i'd say that was like your early days whereas this one which as i was saying earlier you know i'm using these instruments to create the soundscape so sonically when you listen to the record it feels to me and the response has been it just like it feels like you're kind of being held in this very loving container you know because mm -hmm. it's got this this bedrock of these instruments underneath it and I'll, you know, I'll give you a little sample of those later and you'll get the sense of what that is. But so the, the kind of the sonic tapestry that the songs live in has this very nourishing feel and resonance and vibration to it. But then, you know, you've got like very traditional songwriting over the top. So it's this kind of combination, um, which I feel is has got a potency to it and a spaciousness to it that makes me really enjoy listening to it. Mm. And, and you mentioned that, I, I like that you said that the previous albums were kind of snapshots of your experiences, of your journey throughout your life. So kind of like when you go back to it, you remember perhaps, you know, listening to it now, you're like, you know, what was I on about it? Like you said, but at the time, it definitely reflected something about you in the way that totally. you experienced the journey. So, in that regard, what were some of the experience, perhaps even stories that you could tell that you've had through the travels, through your travels through the world that perhaps shaped one of those albums specifically, or even this one? I'm assuming traveling is a big component to life experiences. Yeah, so let me just, okay. So I've got three of them here, three albums. Mm. This was the second one. This is the days of rock and roll. Mm. And I wrote a lot of this when we were on tour in New Zealand and Japan, and I was spending quite a bit of time in Berlin. And the songs in this have a more angular flavor to them. So they're really guitar driven. Mm. And um, it was a multimedia -like project. I collaborated with loads of different artists. These guys made a, um, an animated film for one of the mm. tracks called Blind Like a, a Fool. Um, someone else made this beautiful oh wow you can see that so there was yeah. a there was a piece of art for each of the songs and i collaborated with 30 assets it was like this real kind of multi-dimensional project so people made jewelry people made sculptures it was just a very i was really wanting to collaborate that was where i was at in in my life in that in that time so this album was like the collaboration album then 
the next one was called the Banshee and the Moon, and I'd left Berlin, and I was living down in Dartmoor. That's it. And this was the kind of journey. This was the beginning of the journey inward, and it's called the Banshee and the Moon because when I was living in Berlin, I had this. I, this kind of dream or this character came into my mind called the Banshee. She just became the muse and she became this character, this woman who I sort of, I slightly ideal, idealized. I sort of, she just felt really at peace with herself. And there was like a strength and a fragility, but a real kind of containedness about her that was felt really powerful and really inspiring. And the songs and, and really far away from where I felt I was at that time, basically. And she was like the sort of muse and inspiration of what it is that I wanted to become, basically. And this song, this song, this album kind of really narrates that journey. And I'm not saying that that's who I am now, but I'm definitely closer to that person than I was before. And so there's a song in this album called Pieces, which really kind of embodies that kind of like person mm. who's just you know in pieces in in that kind of broken sh in those broken shards and then the other part of that is she rises up which is the other part of that of like the person in this instance me or um finding her way back to herself and a lot of the songs on this album are a journey of that rite of passage basically mm -hmm. and and this one is, I guess, the liminal. The liminal translates as the spaces between realities, which is where I feel we go to in in any sound practice or in meditation. We go into that that kind of that liminal space when we're coming back to ourselves. It's mm. like in in that liminal space that the mind quietens and we can become present in the body and the heart. And this this is just a really um, celebrative album. Hmm. It's, you know, it's got gold, it's uh, got radiate, which is really all about how, we, you know, the, the chorus is we radiate love gold, the chorus is, um, you know, we are one, we are gold. Hmm. And it's just really celebrating that essence that exists within all of us. Hmm. And there's a track called Brave, which is also celebrating the fact that we all struggle with our weaknesses and our strengths. and. There's another track called Letting Go. You know, it's it's really um an invitation to 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 celebrate yourself. And also speaking into there's a track called Leap of Faith, which is talking about all about what happens when we don't we get stuck and encouraging us to take that leap, leap of faith into the unknown and um and the next track's called All in You because ultimately it's all, you know, that wisdom is within us all and we can, we are our greatest medicine teacher. We've just got to take a little time and space to to come back to and listen to yourself. To listen to yourself. So mm. it's it's felt like a real, these albums are a, a total journey home for me. And now the songs that I'm writing, I feel like I can, um, they're writing from a different place where yeah, there's just a different place again, but um, mm. yeah. 
it's, it's it's actually it's amazing you talked about the journeys and the specific places that you went to not the, necessarily the places themselves but the journeys and paths you went on to between touring that formed a lot of the next album that you created so while you're performing one thing it formed the the future for you basically but i'm assuming in those it's not necessarily um only the the journey itself or perhaps the places you went to but also the people you talked to and sometimes as the teacher uh, uh you're humbled in the most um, unexpected ways in the way that the people you teach are the ones who teach you the most. So are there any like notable events or interactions uh, at places you've performed at or even, you know, uh, sessions that you've organized that you would like to speak of something that really struck or you know, maybe may, may popped up in your mind right now as I was talking about it? Mm. So the, the, the person that jumps into my mind, my friend Ben, and when we were living down in Dartmoor, down in Devon, and just this this moment where I'd left Berlin and I was kind of on this new path of training as a teacher and facilitator, and I was really feeling the loneliness of not being in the city mm. and where I was living down in Dartmoor was in this river valley, very, very, very remote and very, very um, isolated. And I was really feeling that loneliness. And I remember walking down the river one morning and after a conversation that Ben and I had had, and there was like a, a moment where something like a, a, a kind of veil lifted and I suddenly just saw the world around me, this natural world, these beautiful trees, this river, and it just suddenly, I kind of felt this um, holding, this connection. I just suddenly, like, I saw creativity everywhere. Mm. Whereas before I'd been really wanting to be part of a community of other people which of, to, to kind of spark that creativity and suddenly, I just felt the creativity all around me. And that's where that this album suddenly kind of out of nowhere suddenly came. So it, I guess my friend Ben, his, it was his kind of encouragement to move for us to move there. And then his committed meditation practice that really set me on a path that has totally changed my life. Mm. So that's, that's definitely one. And just thinking about other people who, the, the bravery, they've got a, I've got a number of people who I have worked with as a facilitator, but then also who have come across my path um through their love of my music and there's one friend of mine she's become a friend called sarah and she was one of my first pledges so all of my albums have been fan funded crowdfunded and when i first met sarah she had been bedridden for maybe a year or two years and she'd wow. managed to her parents had managed to bring her to a concert and i didn't know until then how sick she was and you know she'd been yeah, she'd been donating money to me making rap albums for years. Mm. 
And that was over 10 years ago now. And I've witnessed her go on this journey of recovery mm. to the point now where she's in the gold music video. She's got the long red hair. She's dancing. She's looking amazing. She sings and she sings in a choir now. She's, she's actually, she actually has a fully functional, she has a functioning life. She's not bed, bedridden mm. anymore. And that was a journey of her. And we, she set up a charity. And I became the patron of it, patron of it, we raised money so we could work out what was actually wrong with her. And it turns out she had a form of Lyme's disease and Epsom bar and you know, she's actually now well. Mm. And her journey and her bravery and her commitment to supporting me is just beyond humbling. And she's not the only one. There's a lot of other people who have similar stories that have inadvertently just changed my life. Mm. And yeah. Those are, those are beautiful to hear about. It's, it's amazing. I've, I love that there's an actual practical, you know, healing element combined to this journey uh, and, and, and something like that, finding out what the problem is, getting the proper treatment, but also changing a lifestyle to make that a sustainable, you know, recovery is also a beautiful thing to hear. I want to talk about and she, of, just before you move on and just before you move, she now has a daily Qigong practice. So okay. she's, come, she's come on Qigong workshops with me. And during this whole lockdown period this year, I've been I decided to do a loving kindness meditation practice every day on Instagram. I do a little live uh, every morning. And this community has grown up of people that first of all, it was 10 when everyone was in full lockdown, then it became nine when lockdown, mm -hmm. and then it became eight as everyone's like slowly going back to work. But she then became a really committed part of that as well. Mm -hmm. And that for me, is just incredible because she has been on the journey from the stilettos and the rock and roll mm. with me all the way into where it is I am on my journey as a meditation teacher, as a Qigong teacher, as a facilitator. And there's her and a whole bunch of other people that have walked that path with me inadvertently. It's just, they've, we've just, they've just kept following me what I do mm. and suddenly I'm supporting them in a totally different way. Mm. That's, and I've actually, yeah, until I'm articulating it right now, I'd never actually put those two together. So mm. thank you yeah. for, because that's quite a, a and, and humbling revelation. <laughs> I know for a fact that anybody that's watching this, or this might be somebody that's watching this, it might be going exactly in the same scenario. So we'll definitely link towards the Instagram. I'm assuming you still do, do those sessions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll definitely link to that and then recommend people go go and watch that because I think that's beautiful. I think that's really yeah. important. It helps yeah. people a lot. I want to talk about some of your songs specifically um, and some of the uh, songs in the albums. Um, yeah. Could you perhaps tell us the story of three of them? Uh, we, we'd like to you know, demo them at the end, but we can talk about that. It'd be amazing if we could. Um, but specifically, um, uh, can uh, We Don't Want War, I think is one of them, Holding On To uh, Love and City yeah. To Sea. Can you talk about those? So... Yeah, so w we don't want war. Ay, ay, ay. So, oh, wow. I woke up one morning 
and I was reading the news and the headlines was the story of the little boy who had been washed up on the beach trying to escape Syria. And Ooh, yes. so they would been on the boats crossing over and I don't know if the boat had capsized. I can't, I can't remember exactly the details of, but he was one of the victims. And it sparked something in me where I was just like, no, like God, you know, and I'd been so horrified by this, the footage of, you know, these refugees and these boats and, the, you know, the military, just all the stuff that had been going on. It just really was such, just such a no for me. And at the same time, one of my best friends in Berlin, had taken it upon himself to go to one of the camps and he's a filmmaker as well as a musician and he'd started filming and was following these refugees and um so i was really having quite a close relationship with this story and then another friend of mine who used to be my manager her 16 year old son maybe he was 17 but just volunteered and went out to greece to go and and work just doing whatever he could so there was, and I have sort of just actual total goosebumps as I say this, because um, it was just such a time when I was witnessing something that just felt just so, like, just such a massive humanitarian crisis. Mm. Um, you know, so that was all kind of going on within me when I read, suddenly saw this, this image, and that just, it was like the last straw, and out mm. came this song. And I literally wrote it then and there. And I knew that I wanted to, I've always wanted my music to be used for change. I've always been an advocate, you know, a spiritual activist um, in regards to my music and, or just generally actually, I guess. But I wanted to do something. So I reached out to Danton who had recorded the Banshee in the Moon and Danton, Danton Supple is an amazing producer. You know, he did a lot of Coldplay's records and Morrissey records. And I just said to Danton, I just, I've got to make this track. I've got no, I've got no budget to do it. Mm. If you want to do it with me, you want to record it, let's do it. And all the proceeds I'm going to give to Save the Children, who were, were specifically running a campaign at that time to mm. support the child refugees, Syrian child refugees. So that's, that's what we did. We went into studio in the uh, strong rooms and wonderful studio in London, and we just did it. And, um, another friend volunteered to come in and film it. And we made the video and put it up and we raised maybe three and a half grand from it, which mm. was amazing. And that went to, to save the children and went towards helping to support those who were yeah, who were, you know, these children that were suffering so greatly. And, but I then, you know, got involved more and more with that, that, that story in that campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend Jamie in Berlin ended up doing a crowdfunding campaign to buy a boat. And the boat's called Sarah. And the Sarah, Sarah was, whilst he was in Greece, and he was on the beach filming as a boat came in. And, was handed a child who had stopped breathing. And this child 
um, she actually did survive, but she was called Sarah. Ah. And um, yeah, so he crowdfunded and raised the money for a boat, a rescue boat, mm. um, which is called Sarah, which then became part of that journey to save. And yeah, mm. so that's amazing. You know, if you are a musician and you're listening to this, you know, the power of music to inspire people to to get involved in projects, you know, say projects like use your music to inspire change, use your music because it, it's, you know, you look back at the music of the 60s and the 70s, you know, music has had this capacity to unite mm. and and in the kind of age that we live in, it's been so bastardized. And it's, I really feel like there is a movement that still exists, but I really feel like any musician that's living at this time who is writing, just do something worthwhile with it. You know, if the big names of this world, the big hard hitters, God, if they did, if they actually spoke out, mm. wow. Mm. Yeah, so I went rant on about that, but that so that was we want more. We That's don't. It's quite want important. It's it's a, it's an amazingly important detail to talk about. We talked recently to an historian called Tom Holland, who's also from the UK, who also talked about an experience that he had uh, of uh, uh, refugees. Rather, um, I think is the best term to put it, because they really had no way to go, and that was in uh, also in Syria. It was when ISIS was defeated and the people that left behind their homes were destroyed, but they actually had no way to go. So they yeah. they weren't even able to you know to get out. They were there and their home was destroyed and they had nowhere to go and nobody that cared about them because they weren't you know a singular group that they could relate to somewhere else in Europe or so. So it's incredibly important to talk about this. It was something we're passionate about as well. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Mm. So that was the first one. And then the second one was um, Holding On To Love. Yes. Which initially I wrote in response to um, the pipeline that was being the oil pipeline and that was going through native lands in America. And it was part of a, pro a project called Protect a Project. Um, and we were raising money to support the medical team on the ground. And this was during the Obama reign when he was trying the Standing Rock period, when he was trying to prevent Standing Rock land from being abused. Um, and it, so I initially wrote it for that and yeah, we sold albums to support the medical team, but then its journey continued when I teamed up with, um, city to see, which is a CIC charity based in Bristol. Mm. And their mission is to remove plastic from the oceans. And mm. their founder, Natalie fee is a very dear friend of mine. And I'm really passionate about the oceans and her, her witnessing her journey and her fight and what she has stood for and what she advocates. They, as a, as a CIC were the people who brought refill to the UK. So we can now go, you can refill your water bottle anywhere. Whereas I don't know, 10 years ago, if I had a, a water bottle, you couldn't go into a bar or a restaurant and ask, you know, there was like, so we teamed up together and we made a video which was really which was using this song um and some footage that another friend of mine rufus blackwell who is the most incredible videographer and he uses drones and stop frame animation mm. and um 
like oh what's it called i can't remember it now what the word's gone but but basically he has the most incredible archive of footage from all around the world and he very generously donated me this footage a lot of footage from the kumbamela um and we put together this video just again as a a way of calling awareness to what's going on with the oceans right now. And I don't know if you've seen a recent documentary called Sea Spiracy. Yes. Yes. So, you know, if anyone watching this, you haven't seen it, I really recommend you watch it. We Mm. all need to take responsibility. And so, yeah, it was a beautiful thing to collaborate with Natalie and City to Sea and and we did a lot of stuff for BBC, you know, BBC radio around it. And it just felt, you know, it was what I could do to bring my voice and my music to spread awareness around something that I believe so powerfully in. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing as well. I love the fact that it's there's, there's different elements to the songs that, that can inspire. They can inspire humanitarian crisis. They can inspire, you know, ecological yeah. crises. There's, there's a lot of different elements. Um, you've now recently produced Gold, which we'll definitely link to um, in the description below. And we recommend people to go watch it. It's very, very inspiring. But the real question is, what's next? I mean, in the past, you were already writing the next album as you were touring the previous one. So, you know, do you have yeah. anything lined up? Or is was the lifestyle requires a bit more uh, relaxation in between albums? Not that high-paced. Um, so I have album, I have album number six, which is being, I'm about to start releasing, which is an album of mantras that I recorded with the singing bowls. So there's Hutch Sutra and the Gayatri Mantra, and that's going to start. The first one of those comes out next week. That's a Hutch Sutra. And then I'm also now number seven, I have written about 30 songs and I'm now kind of distilling them down. And I've kind of, from those 30, I've got five that I've like committed to that I'm really enjoying at the moment. And I started recording those and I'm going to play them out this summer with, with the harpist and bass and cellist I play with, and then look to record them fully at the end of the year. So probably release that next year. That's, that's the plan for that and it's um it was interesting this year because i was writing a lot but my focus really was on the sound baths and the sound meditations and for the first part of lockdown i was doing a lot of one-to-one therapy and then i just felt like i wasn't resourced enough within myself to be able to hold other people through the processes they were going you know i know for most therapists this year has been like the busiest time they've ever had. Um, And I just, because of my own personal journey, a lot of kind of heartbreak and illness in my family, COVID related, I just wasn't resourced to do one-to-one work. So I decided that what I was able to do was group work and group sound baths, group sound meditations and ceremonies. And so my, my kind of focus really was around that offering. And it was so, you know, working with these instruments is so powerful for me. It's such great medicine for me as well. And it's such a, you know, I have to really be committed to my own practice to then be of service, Mm. you know. So I didn't really, I kind of thought, as I always think, oh, I've kind of forgotten about albums and doing these kind of things. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, 
where have you guys all been? And there's something like yeah. this little bag <laughs> yeah. of all these little stories and all these songs mm. and that have kind of been documenting this journey. Mm. Um, so it's a really interesting album so far of songs because it really is narrating this journey of lockdown and mm. yeah. So, so I also heard you did some work in South Africa. Could you please elaborate on that? Yeah, so I first started coming out to South Africa a few years ago and had the most incredible, incredible time there and was working as part of a team on a retreat called Skyland, which was which is great. It was so awesome. But then also one of my dearest and best friends who lives in Cape Town, he's an artist, a photographer called Oliver Barnett. And Ollie and I basically came together to explore somatics, which is how um, it's well basically the images in this book is how music in this instance how mm. sounds the shapes that music makes through water mm. here that's how we captured it so we put water in my singing bowls and i played them and then captured oh wow the movement the vibrations so it's um so this is this project that ollie and i started doing and we just got so into it just seeing you know how the resonance what patterns they made and the vibrations and and it just began blossoming from that and the mantra album that i'm about to start releasing we teamed up and ollie has been making these incredible videos and he basically goes out into nature and he photographs the natural world in the macro like mm -hmm. tiny 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 and then builds up into these animations and they are just so oh god <laughs> extraordinary they're so mesmerizing and the combination between oliver's visuals and then the singing bowls and the mantras just is this really powerful collaboration so yeah we birthed this project called the breath of life yeah. and we've got a series of videos and we're constantly making new ones so yeah i really invite people to check them out um i have the been i have been told that they're particularly good to do and watch when you have been microdosing. Okay. I can definitely imagine that. I can actually imagine that. But the thing is, is I, have to, I have to highlight the video specifically because I know exactly what you're talking about. A yeah. lot of the patterns and the way that this, you know, the way that it just harmonizes perfectly with with the music, especially I've seen people do similar things with um, salt that they've put on a, a plate yes. that vibrates. Yeah, 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 those also, oh my word, those look amazing. Amazing. Mm. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing with us. This has been a really, really uh, interesting journey. We're definitely going to link to everything you talked about um, in the description below for people to just you know check them out. I recommend them really to you. A lot of people are going through that journey, and you know maybe the first thing they just need is just to realize that they're on the journey. Maybe that's that's kind of the problem is that they don't, they don't really have access to these resources, access to these songs, these things that could speak to them. So in that regard, we'll definitely link to them. I just want to give you a last chance to add anything you want to before we 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 uh, end the interview. So a couple of things are coming to mind is that one thing is that like the opening phrase of the liminal, mm -hmm. a friend once said to me, we are limitless in our potential, which I think is so beautiful. You know, every single one of us is limitless in our potential. And I would just really encourage anybody listening to this to Yeah, to create space in their lives to really go inwards and 
as you go inwards, just listen to what it is in your heart that really nourishes you. And when you find that, just commit to doing that, whatever that may be. Or maybe that's not doing, maybe that's just sitting outside in nature and, or maybe that's walking your dog, whatever it is. But, you know, we are our own greatest healers and wisdom keepers, but you have to do the work. Mm. You know, it's not just gonna, it's not just gonna be handed on a plate or is it, if it is handed on a plate, then to maintain it, that requires doing the work. So the biggest thing that I, not mistake, that sounds too much for judgment, but the biggest thing I see is so often people expecting, Mm. like expecting more um, and wanting more that somehow we, there's that word I can't think of right now when you say you're kind of like, so like that privilege or um i can't think of the word which is really annoying but just <laughs> yeah we've got to do it's, the work there, there, there's there's work connected entitled to entitled. entitled yes that's the right entitled one. Yeah. entitled yeah, exactly. you know yeah. one of my great i have a, a wonderful teacher called bergs and i love his his kind of loving loving brutalness mm. you know you just got you got to show up and do the work to actually kind of walk through the fire to come out the other side and that commitment to to doing that can really radically transform your life so that and the other thing is um around creativity everybody in the same way that we're limitless in our potential everyone's creative Mm -hmm. and we live in a in a world which is by its very breath creative. Every time you look outside your window, you can see creativity happening. Nature is creative. But so often, and this is something I experience all the time with people that I work with, somewhere along the line, someone said, nah, you're not good enough, or shh, or maybe you should do something else. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of patronizing shutdown, yes. which whether that was drawing or writing or singing or dancing or cooking, whatever it was. Um, so if you are one of those people that, you know, doesn't do something because you don't think you're good enough to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, really just, I really invite you to spend time nourishing the creativity that is your birthright, basically. Yeah. That's a very, very powerful message. Thank you so much for ending off with that. I think it's a perfect way to tie a bow on this. Um, I just want to say to our viewers, for those of you that have made it thus far, you've most definitely liked the video. If you like and share this video, it, it, it helps uh, to Lord really share the message around. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, the first step in reaching more people is becoming that conduit for other people um, to see something out. And of course, on the other side of the coin, it really helps out the channel as well if you if you share this. It, it helps us to grow the message and let people's different perspectives uh, reach the world out there. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, this has been Worldview.
Thank you.